So we're continuing this series on wholeness, and I want to remind you guys again what that means. It's the place you reach when your past pains, brokenness, and insecurities no longer create lies about who you are. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about transparency. It's been a recurring thing in my life. Um, I've just been able to, my life really changed when I started being more transparent in who I was, being transparent in my relationship with God and being honest to Him, and then being transparent in my community among you guys. And I'm just really, really excited to share that with you guys, and hopefully in turn you guys can learn from it too. Um, so what does it mean to be transparent? It's being see-through and truthful in conjunction with each other. It's living our lives in such a way that it is easy for others to see what actions we take and what choices we make. So see-through as to permit light to pass through. And so those are a few definitions. I want you, to, you guys to get a general idea of what that means because I'm gonna be using transparency in a few different contexts. But the general picture and the thing I want you guys to remember as I speak is so see-through and truthful as to permit light to pass through. If you remember, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is a light and we carry that light inside of us. So as we walk out our lives transparently, we give off light and we receive light. And so I'll explain that more as we go on. So I wanna start with being transparent with ourselves. The, you know the common cliche, you can't really fix your problem until you actually admit that there's a problem? It's kind of true. <laughs> you, that's a you thing. Like You have to admit that there's a problem. Somebody can tell you, well, you've got an issue. But you aren't, that's not going to be fixed unless you actually believe that you have an issue. Am I right? Yeah. All right. So... The first step is admitting the problem. As we grow up, we acquire our own set of assumptions, concepts, values, and practices, and these are how we view reality. And this is called a paradigm, and I'm learning this in Christ's life right now, and it's being used a lot in our house because we're really understanding it, and we each have our own paradigms, and God has his own paradigm, and our paradigm is formed as we grow up, as we experience different things in our lives, as things happen to us, we start to form our own paradigm. And it's a really interesting thing because, just to better explain it, I'm an example person, a story person, it just brings it full circle for me. So if, let's say growing up as a child, maybe you were abandoned by a parent or you were neglected and you start to believe this lie that you're unlovable because your parent left you or you were abandoned. So, okay, that parent doesn't love me, which means I'm unlovable. So when, God tell, or when someone tells you that God has so much love for you, that's really gonna be a hard thing for you to get into your heart because your paradigm tells you I'm unlovable. So how can God love me? So it's a, it's, it's a matter of shifting our paradigms so that it lines up with what God says about us. 
So as a child, we don't have control over what's being implanted into our hearts, into our minds, into our paradigms. But now that we are adults, we get to change that. Four years ago, 2008, my paradigm was I will not make decisions for my life unless it lines up with my parents' approval. I seeked their approval all the time because I knew that they would love me, that they would support me, and if I didn't have that, who loved me? I didn't know. So I, I, I looked for that. Okay, they don't agree with that, so I'm not gonna do that. Okay, what, what, what can I do? Okay, so then when I made the decision to be with Eugene, that was 100% absolutely not, they did not like that. But the bigger picture was I pursued God and I started to line myself up with God's paradigm and realize that, okay, even if my parents aren't supporting me or I'm not feeling loved by them right now, I know God loves me. I know that even if I'm disowned by my parents, God is never gonna leave me. And it, that's really when I feel like my journey started is, is when my mind started to change and I started speaking truth over myself and over my life. And that's really when you, when you start shifting your paradigm and you start believing what God believes about you, you start to feel his love, his love in a way that you never have before. And... Um, Honestly, what I was doing before, believing that, you know, I'm not loved because I'm not lining my decisions up or my choices up with what my parents approve, that wasn't working for me. It was temporary, it was very frustrating, but now I know I have this permanent love from God. So I encourage you guys to ask yourself, is what you believe about yourself working for you? Because you gotta be honest with yourself. Honest with what you believe about yourself. And no matter what has happened to us in our childhood, we can now make the choice to live a different life. We can now make the choice to believe other things about ourselves, believe truth about who we are. You can cut out all the lies and we can decide how our lives are gonna turn out. When we reshift our paradigm, we reshift the way that we live. You can start in Ephesians 1. It says a lot of amazing things that God feels about us. God feels about his sons and daughters. And that's us. So the next thing I really want to talk to you guys about, I'm super excited, is being transparent with the Lord. Being honest to God. Because I can assure you that there is absolutely nothing God has, hasn't heard before. Absolutely nothing. So whatever you have to tell him, it's nothing he hasn't heard before. And the enemy loves it when we are so ashamed by our sin that we can't even bring it to God. So don't give him that power. He doesn't deserve it. And sometimes we can get so bogged down by the weight of a secret or something that we are struggling with, 
that we start believing that it's, the, the pain is, is bigger than us, so it's bigger than God. And that's, I mean, that's putting God in a box. He has so much power. He's moved mountains. He's done healings. He's done miracles. What makes you think that it's any different for you? So I just really want all of us to be honest, honest in our prayers, honest in our conversations with him. And I think it's really, really important that we understand that God wants that. He wants all the weight, all the burdens that we're feeling, all the, all the secrets that we have, all the struggles that we have. He wants them. He's asking for them. So lay them at his feet. Give it to him. We don't have to take the burden upon ourselves because he already did that. And I'm not talking, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for what I did. I'm, I messed up again because... God already forgave us. He's already forgiven us. He sent his son Jesus down here to live amongst us. He died on the cross and said it is finished. So Jesus already died for all of our sins. We have a clean slate and it's done. He's not, God isn't concerned with our sin. He's not affected by our sin. When he looks at us, he looks at us through the lens of Jesus. Jesus is his lens. And he says, that is my daughter, for I'm very well pleased. He says, that is my son, who I'm very well pleased. He doesn't see your sin anymore. So when I'm saying being honest to God, I'm saying, God, I'm really struggling with pornography. God, I need the tools to get me through school. God, I just, I need friends. I need Christian friends. Whatever it is that you need, I'm struggling with this lie. I, I don't know who to tell. I, the, I've never even told you. Like, just tell him. He wants to hear it. And he wants to come in and, and heal you and give you freedom. Because when we are able to, to be honest in our conversations and our prayers, do you know how much freedom that gives you? Because you don't have to lie anymore. You don't have to lie to yourself. It doesn't have to be a secret. God knows everything. But we can't assume that he's going to alleviate any struggles that we're going through if we don't ask. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it shall be given to you. Yeah. He ain't going to give it to you if you don't ask. <laughs> So when we pursue God and we give him all of our junk, when we pursue him, we also pursue everything that God's about. Restoration, healing, freedom, all of that. He gives us all of that. So whatever it is, lay it at his feet. Submit it to him and you will see him move. Be transparent in your prayers and I guarantee you will see things change. Why is it important to be transparent in our prayers? Well, let me tell you. The enemy is the king of darkness. So anything that is left in the dark, anything 
that we keep in the dark, the enemy has power over. But if we bring it to the light, the light being God, if we submit it to God, the enemy then has no power. He has no place. When light is brought over any area of our life, it breaks all power of the enemy. And we can do that by being transparent in our conversations with God. This is, um, I want to read to you 1 John 1, 4 through 6. This is a message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out of truth. God is light. And we have God living in us. When we are transparent, we give off that light to other people. I have another scripture for you. It's, uh, if you can turn to James 4, 7 through 10. I love James. He's very straightforward. He says it like it is. He's just, that's my style. <laughs> says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. It's pretty straightforward, right? I think you just call me a sinner. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes, you know, if you guys don't t take to that well, sometimes we can get so caught up being offended by the delivery that we miss the whole message God is trying to teach. So sometimes we can get so caught up being offended by the delivery that we miss the whole message God is trying to teach us. So I kind of want to go through this. Some of you might be like, I get it. Don't worry about it. But I want to go through it anyway. Submit yourselves then to God. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Okay, James knows. We're human beings. We're going to sin. Purify your, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Okay, sometimes you know, I should be thinking of other people. I'm pretty much thinking of myself. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Why would I want to change my joy to gloom? Like, that's really morbid and sad. But he's pretty much saying, guys, like, if you're sad, be sad. God gave us feelings on purpose. They're not just there on accident. If you're feeling a certain way, you need to process through why you're feeling that way. Bring it to God. He'll tell you why you're sad. <laughs> we need to process through pain. Camille talked a whole sermon about, you know, when we have wounds, we can't just stuff it and, like, move on. Okay, well... It'll go away. We have to process through it. We have to talk to God about it. So in January, my mom passed away. And a few months after that, Eugene and I did a small group called Honest to God. And this was probably one of my favorite small groups because it was around the time that I started being more honest to God about how I was feeling about my mom's death. I was, 
being honest with myself about the anger and the pain that I was feeling. And even in our physical and our emotional pain, we make the choice to pursue God. We make the choice to change how we're feeling. So a big group of us went up to Bethel this one weekend. It was the first time I had been there. And after the service, all the leaders went around and prayed for us. And while we waited, we just worshiped. And God said to me clearly, like, I want to alleviate this pain. So I'm ready when you are. He said, I want you to go home and I want you to journal everything that you feel about your mom and about her death. I want you to just write it all down. I don't care how it sounds, just write it. So that's what I did. And it was, it was amazing. It was hard, but it was amazing because as I sat there and I wrote down everything that I, I was feeling, Jesus is sitting right next to me comforting me. And that's when I learned that my spouse or my community or whatever it is will never be a substitute for God himself. Because it was the Holy Spirit that came in and completely restored that hole that was left when my mom died. It was the Holy Spirit that, that was sitting there comforting me making sure I was all right, and healing me at the same time, bringing me back my restoration, bringing me back to life. So we need to take the chance to process through the pain of whatever we're feeling. Whatever we're struggling with, you have feelings on purpose, and so we need to be able to process that pain and not brush it over. So I shared this breakthrough and all my revelations with the small group, Honest to God, and it just gave me more freedom because it's really important to share our breakthroughs with the people that we surround ourselves with because you never know what your testimony or your breakthrough, you never know who it's ministering to. And so that leads me to my next point, which is being transparent within our community. So that concept of when we walk out in transparency, we give light and we receive light. When we are transparent in our community, we give light. We give light by sharing our testimony like Ashley talked about. It's ministering to the lives around us. And that is the way that we give off light because we are sharing what God is doing in our lives. We're sharing the Holy Spirit with the other people around us. We're sharing our breakthroughs and what God has done for us and in turn what God can do for them. And then we get light when we are transparent in our community and when we learn, it's so important you guys that the people that you spend the most time with, you learn from. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing. You know that saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? It actually has some truth behind it. If the majority of your time is spent with lukewarm Christians, chances are that's where you're headed. Those of us who are in dating relationships, if your significant other has a relationship with God that is kiddie pool deep, 
chances are you're going to be waiting in that pool together. You know what I mean? Because we learn from the people that we spend the most time with. So like Saul asked, are, are you spending your time with giants? Because if you are, you know, the more you spend your, your time with giants, you start to become one. Your faith gets deeper and you want more. It's like they're pushing you for more. So as we live transparently, we need to be mindful of who we keep in our inner circle, who we're spending our time with, and then evaluate, okay, well, what does their life look like? Is that what I want? What is the fruit of their lives? Is that fruit that I want? There's this exercise that I did a couple years ago, or I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but um, Eric Waterbury sat me down and um, had me do a circle of covenant ever exercise and I'm gonna have them put it up for you. This is a good way to get, to evaluate who you spend the most time with. It's pretty simple, you guys can probably draw it yourselves. (laughs) Kinda reminds me of the circle of trust in uh, Meet the Falkers, you know, like the circle. Can you say Falkers in church? All right, so you're in the center, and then that inner, we're going to start from inward out. The most important, I feel like, are the, the, is the inner circle and then the circle following. But that inner circle, you, you start writing down like, okay, who am I spending my time with the most? Okay, this is who I hang out with every day. Are these people giants? Are these people going to tell you the things that you may not necessarily want to hear, but you need to hear it because it's going to make you a better version of you? Are these people giving you spiritual meat? Are they pushing you? Are they praying for you? Are they plucking out the lies? Those are the people that you want in your inner circle. And then that second circle out, those are the ones that support you. They love on you. They encourage you. They could be friends that you've known for years. And then so on and so forth. You have the, the circle after that. These are people in your life. They're there for a reason. May not know what the reason is yet, but they're there. <laughs> and that's kind of along the same lines as the last circle. There are people in your life. You may not necessarily run with them, but they're in your life for a reason. You just don't know what it is yet. So I'm going to have copies of this in the back, kind of where the welcome table is. And if you guys want to sit down and, and just evaluate who your time is being spent with, that's a really good tool. Woo. When we are transparent with the people in our circle, our inner circle, they see things in our lives that we can't see for ourselves. They bring the lies to the light. Remember that light. We want light. All right. So the last thing I really want to talk to you guys about is transparency in marriage. 
Those of you who know me know that I just recently got married. My husband is dancing. (laughs) Just recently got married about three months ago. Yeah. Three months. But I got to tell you, I've gained a lot of knowledge. Being married is awesome. I love being married. I love it. And Eugene and I both agree that this is our season of learning, lots of learning and lots of enjoying, right? Amen. <laughs> okay. But really, lots of learning. And I want to talk to you guys about this. I, I know we're all in different places. And I wanted to save this for last because I didn't want you guys to think there's going to be a whole sermon on marriage. But I think it's important because that's ultimately a lot of us want that in here is to be married. And not only married, but have a healthy, wholesome marriage with little wholesome children. Right? So I'm going to share what I've learned and Eugene and I have really, really worked hard to have the marriage that we have, to have the relationship that we have. It wasn't easy. It's been a long road. No one ever said the journey to wholeness was easy. But I think and I believe that our marriage is the way that it is because of the choices and the decisions that we made for our lives individually. And we've chosen to live transparently, we've chosen freedom, we've chosen the Lord, like we have chosen all these things and we have set ourselves up for a healthy marriage. And, you know, when you're married, there is absolutely nothing you can hide. Everything will come to the surface, anything, any personality tweaks or whatever it is, like it's gonna come out when you're married. You can't hide it because, you know, you can't go home and take all your frustrations out at home because you are home and they're there too. You know what I mean? So it's better to go into a relationship whole. Better to go into it healthy because when you have two unhealthy, unwhole people in a relationship, it can lead to a lot of unnecessary pain. So I have a, one last story that I want to share with you guys. And since we're on the topic of being transparent, I figure why not start tonight? So I have a pretty good story. I haven't shared with too many people. But I want to share with you because I'm still learning from it. And I've already learned a lot from it. So back in 2008, I started to date this guy. And we were hitting it off. Great chemistry. It was awesome, but there was just something off, like something, something I wasn't getting, but I don't know. So we dated for about five months, and then it all came to the light. God showed me everything that I had suspected or, you know, that I felt something was off. It came to the light, and I understood, you know, what it was. And the guy that I was dating... I found out was caught up in drinking, 
There was other girls. There was partying. It was a whole other life that I didn't really know anything about. I wasn't really a part of. And it's just, that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted. You know, I wanted a relationship. And there was all this stuff kind of tucked away. So that was it. We didn't date anymore. I wanted to make a clean cut, but that wasn't really how it panned out. And uh, so he started pursuing me. And at the same time, operating out of my pain, out of the hurt that it caused me, I decided, I don't know if you guys have heard of AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> you know, you'd be on that thing all night. Um, I recreated a screen name that I made in high school, and I found the guy that I was dating, and I started talking to him. Him not knowing it was me. It was, you know, someone else. Yeah. So... So I started talking to him. He's still pursuing me. I'm like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him he's wrong. You know, he's still pursuing me, but he's still caught up in his lies. Like, you know, I wanted, as if God didn't do enough to show me what he was doing, I wanted to take control and do more. It's not the best way to go, you guys. <laughs> Clean break. Clean break is the healthiest way. Okay? Because, you know, hurt people hurt people. I learned that from a rapper. <laughs> but it's true, right? Hurt people hurt people. So my paradigm at the time was there's absolutely no way I'm going to get back with this guy. Because you know why? People don't change. I believed people don't change. In my life, people would change for a month and then it would go right back to what they were doing. That was my life. That was my paradigm. I believe that. So what I was doing wasn't wrong. I just didn't think it was wrong. And the, the friends that I was hanging out were like, she got to do what she got to do. He hurt you. You hurt him. You know, just do it. <laughs> so as I continue to do this, me, Angela, the real Angela, is being pursued by this guy. And we start hanging out again. Okay, uh, so I guess I better stop what I'm doing. Um, yeah, so if you guys haven't really connected it, the guy that I was dating was Eugene. So we start dating again. I really see that his life is changing. He's changing his decisions, and the choices that he was making were different. It was, it was just, it was different for me. Like, I just, it was a different experience. And so I realized, like, I got to stop. I, gotta, I can't do this. And I can't tell him either. Like, that's really embarrassing. I was so ashamed, you guys, so ashamed that I'm dating this guy and I had been, like, investigating him the whole time that we were apart. He says I was spying and I was a stalker. <laughs> He says, I married my stalker. <laughs> so anyway. So I just kept thinking, okay, this is just going to be that one thing that I just don't tell him. And I was just like, oh gosh, like, I got to tell him. And then we get engaged. I know, you guys, I waited a really long time. <laughs> 
my finest hour, okay? So we're engaged. By then I knew like, okay, there's no turning back. Like, he'll just, oh, it's okay. So, you know, I, I just kept imagining, I didn't tell Eric Waterbury this story ever. I, actually, I didn't really tell many people except for my friends, but I just kept imagining him like, if I did tell him like, did you tell Eugene yet? Did you tell Eugene yet? Like I kept picturing that in my head. <laughs> So that's uh, like, I just kept hearing like, you have to tell him, Ange. So I finally sat him down and I was like, babe, I'm your stalker. You know that person that kept talking to you on AOL and never told you who they were? It was, it was me. And he couldn't believe it. Like he was in shock, still is. But I told him, and I tell you this story, you know, it's pretty lighthearted now. <laughs> I tell you this story because it's actually really serious. Because, you know, we had worked so hard to set up this amazing relationship in this marriage, and the enemy will claw at anything he can to destroy it. Anything that I am keeping in the dark, anything that I am keeping from him, the enemy will try to, he will get his nails on any little thing that he can to destroy something good. So I said, there is no way, shape, or form that I'm going to let anything affect what we've worked so hard for. And another reason, he... Eugene, when, he, when we got back together, he came into the relationship as an open book, like completely transparent. And he set that tone for our relationship. He, any questions I had about his past, you know, anything that I felt like I needed to know, he would tell me. And I was keeping this thing from him, even though he's telling me everything? Like, how fair is that? So I felt like, this is what I need to do. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. I just want to really, really encourage you. If you take nothing from this message, I think the most important thing to know is God wants everything. Like he wants to know every, every struggle, every secret, everything that, that you feel burdened by. He wants to take that, but you have to give it to him. So I just encourage you guys, be honest to him. Be transparent in your prayers. And everything will flow from that and your life will change. <sighs> Thank you guys.